Myself podcast. Yeah. Y'all ready to go down this rabbit hole with your boy? <laughs> I know you all, man. That's why you're here. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're right here with me. Good boy. The real What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast thoughts. Bob DeVille, D.I. Now, ah, I know it's a little bit later at least today than you used to, but I was tired last night, so I didn't record anything, and I got off early, so I decided to drop something on you. Yeah, well, oh, my computer is, yeah, whatever. But, interestingly, I had a conversation today at work that reminded me of something I was joking about uh, the other day on the show. So, today I was going to bring you the episode you are not the father. So I'm at work and someone brought in a cake. And this cake was in celebration of Father's Day. So we're sitting around and somebody came, somebody didn't know that the cake was supposed to be for the father. She went and got a slice of the cake. And then another young lady saw it while we were, while one of the guys was saying, hey, you know, that was cake is for the dads. Now we were joking. Because at the end of the day, nobody really cares who eats the cake. But there was one um, there's one person who brought up, the, uh, brought up the idea that she should be able to have a piece of cake anyway. Because she's both the mom and the dad. Yeah, I know this is a controversial subject. So, first and foremost, I understand what she's trying to say. I understand what a lot of women are trying to say when they say this. They feel like, due to the fact that the, they have an absentee uh, father for their child, and they're having to step up and do everything on their own, especially when they're raising young men. You know, you got to get them through puberty. You got to get them through uh, learning how to comb his hair, brush his hair properly. Uh, 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 what did, I was going to say sanitation, but that didn't sound right. Hygiene, you know, how to properly maintain himself and work and handle his emotions and all this type of stuff so they feel like because they're doing it all on their own that uh they have the right to claim the fatherhood too but you don't and i'm gonna tell you why or you shouldn't you can do whatever you want to at the end of the day but you shouldn't because even though you are doing this all on your own all by yourself you're, that just makes you an awesome mother. <laughs> it makes you a great mom, you know. Just the same way if a man was doing it all on his own, it wouldn't make him a mother. It would just make him a great father. And the reason why I feel that it is important to uh, push this narrative is because of the fact that we have so many absentee fathers out there. We have so many men that are not doing uh, the job of, of fulfilling that fatherhood role in their children's lives that we have to celebrate the ones that are the fathers, uh, the stepfathers, the uncles, you know, the, 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 the cousins, the guy from the YMCA, all the guys who are stepping in to fulfill that role 
we need to celebrate them. We need to push them and we need to uh, give them the same amount of acknowledgement that we give you great mothers out there. So it's kind of taken away from that when someone steps in and says, hey, yeah, I wish myself happy Father's Day because I do it all by myself. You do do it all by yourself. That makes you an awesome woman and an awesome mother. What it does not make you is a father, though. You know, it's no hate. It's no shade for anybody. Just how I feel about the situation as a dad, because being a, a young man who was raised with an absent father, my father was around, I won't say till probably I was around six. I used to hang out with him on the weekends. Then when I was like eight, we moved to uh, Ohio from North Carolina. And from that point of being eight years old to around the time I was 15, I had zero contact with my father. Um, the main man, man in my life that was influencing me was my sister's husband. Shout out to Mark. But he wasn't always around because he was in the military. So he was TD, was it TDY? Or, I don't know what they call it. He was going a lot. And then they end up getting restationed in Japan and uh, from Japan to Mexico and so on and so forth. So there was a real big gap where I didn't have anybody playing that role in my life. And as a young man, I can sit here and, and say from the perspective of a son that no matter how much your mother does, your mother does not fulfill that need, that yearning to have that father figure in your life. It just doesn't, it doesn't. You can't feel that hole no matter how hard you try. You can't feel that hole. So that's why when I became a father, it was very important to me to be uh, uh, a part of my child's life. And it changed my whole life, man, because I was on some wild, I call it my rattlesnake days. I was on some wild stuff before, previously, before I had a child. And as soon as I found out that I had a child on the way, man, cut my dress off, took my gold teeth out, you know, put in for a promotion at work, got the promotion, it changed my whole viewpoint, my whole lifestyle. And from that, since that point, 11, going on 12 years, you know, yeah, going on 12 years ago, my whole life is changing. It became better. And it gives me, gives me a lot of enjoyment being a dad, going through the struggles of, of having that child and, you know, um, just playing that role, especially being that me and her mother's not together anymore. So, you know, the picking up, the dropping off, the getting her up, getting her ready for school, and taking her to school, picking her up for school, cooking dinners, braiding hair, you know, picking out outfits, to having to, <laughs> to having to accept the fact that my baby girl had, was not a baby girl anymore and having to go out and buy bras and all this type of stuff, it brings me satisfaction. It brings me enjoyment. And it's one of those things, it's probably the thing that I'm most proud of in my life is, you know, the the type of father that I am and the fact that I was actually stepped up to that plate. So as I said, there's no disrespect to the women out there that are out here doing it all on their own. We have Mother's Day for that though and we celebrate you very well on Mother's Day. So this Father's Day, can we for once, I'm imploring the community out there for once, can we have a Father Day where fathers are celebrated? <laughs> are celebrated and are able to enjoy our day without having to deal with that, seeing that all up and down our timeline. And if you do, you're grown. You can do whatever you want to. 
And I didn't make this with intentions of offending anybody. And I hope I didn't. But if I did, I mean, it's the truth the way I see it. So, yeah. Let's move on, though, man. Because we got some other stuff we can talk about, too. Uh, 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 what was, it was something on my mind that I wanted to say early. Oh, man, the championship. Championship, man. Last night, Raptors, Warriors. Raptors pulled it off, man. Look, I knew from that moment where Clay went out, I was like, yeah, it's a wrap for this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wrap. This one's OV. This one is OV. But the Warriors still put up a hell of a fight, man. And I had posed a question on Twitter. Nobody responded to it, though. Uh, that should there be an asterisk place next to the uh, – to the Raptors championship, you know, because they beat the Warriors, but they beat a war- the Warrior team, a Warrior team that was missing uh, Kevin Durant uh, in the final game. Clay was out. Clay missed, what, two games, basically, this uh, series. He hurt his hamstring. He missed the game. He came back. He hurt himself in, what, the third quarter, was the third quarter of this, uh, the previous game. Couldn't come back. And they were prim- they were on the roll when he went out, man. So it's like, should there be an asterisk? I say no. I don't think there should be an asterisk, but I think there will be an asterisk because there will always be the people who who are going to bring up that fact that yeah, you beat this Warriors team, but you beat an injured Warriors team. And everybody's bringing up LeBron when LeBron had to play without Kyrie, without Love, and yada 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 yada. I get it. So there's an asterisk beside that one, too. We put asterisks behind a lot of things. But, see, in sports, injuries are a part of the game. Injuries happen. And, you know, it's not like they're they're going to postpone the series say, hey, let's wait until everybody's healthy, and then we'll come back and we'll play this and finish it up so it'll be fair. That's not just not how the game works. But so they took that L. And the Raptors, congratulations to the Raptors, winning that one. Kawhi, I saw one where I think it was from, uh, what's that, Game of Thrones? I'm not sure because I never watched it, but where they photoshopped the heads of the Raptors players onto these characters, and they was calling him the king of the north and pledging their sword to him through um, victory and defeat and so on and so forth. I thought that was dope, man. I like Kawhi, even though I like Kawhi because he's just, he's not um, extra. He's just out there doing his thing being himself and winning and I do enjoy the guys who scream and yell and you know throw balls in the crowd yeah I enjoy that turn up but he's not one of those guys and I respect the fact that he's not trying to be one of those guys because I feel like if you are one of those type of players then you should be that type of player because that's the type of player you are and not trying to you know create an image that you feel like a sell sneakers but let's take a break right quick and we'll be right back with it conversation about the ghettos because we was working in a bad neighborhood down in the was it making a warning making we're down in making and we're in a bad a disenfranchised i'd rather say neighborhood and 
they were talking about well we were talking about how you know a lot of those people in those uh project areas um instead of using it for a stepping stone they are pretty much getting there and living there generation after generation after generation and then the older gentleman uh, gentleman that was part of the conversation made a statement he said i can't remember he said it was marvin gay or sam cook or but it was one of those legendary R&B singers. He said that uh, they made a statement that the ghettos fuel the economy in America. And it was one of those times where I pause because when I hear something this, that, that that is different than the normal conversations that people have about things, it makes me pause. Before I react, before I speak, I stop and I think. So... <clears throat> I thought about it and I was like, dang, I can see that. And I know some of y'all are like, DeVille, how are the ghettos, the poor people in these neighborhoods uh, pushing the economy of the country? <clears throat> well, let's think about it. A lot of the people in these neighborhoods, and when I'm talking about the ghettos and disenfranchised communities, I'm not talking about just the projects or just the 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 black and brown communities out there i'm talking about all i'm talking about the projects the low-income housings the trailer parks the rural backwoods of georgia alabama these places where people don't necessarily have a lot of opportunities <clears throat> and they don't have a lot of a lot of them aren't highly financially educated they're not financially savvy so what do you do when you're not financially savvy you make bad financial decisions like one a guy once told me that uh runs a store he said as long as he can as long as he's allowed to sell tobacco alcohol and lottery he'll be good he's not worried about how much gas he sells because the majority of his money he's making is off of alcohol tobacco and lottery and if you think about it when you go into these communities these are things that are used to, we use to pacify ourselves because I was a part of that community for a long time. You use these things to pacify yourself. You, you may use the alcohol to not just have a good time and not in, just in celebration, but you may use it to, you know, take yourself away, take your mind off of your problems and the tobacco. You get your nerves, your anxiety. Instead of going and getting medicine, you you know, you smoke a cigarette, calm your nerves. How many times you have heard somebody say, oh, man, I got to calm my nerves. Let me get a cigarette, dog. You know, stuff like that. Not knocking anybody. I'm just saying. And <clears throat> lottery, that lottery, that hope, that lottery gives people hope. You go and you play those numbers or you get those scratch-offs and you scratch off those tickets hoping to get a get a leg up for once. But the problem is with not being uh, financially educated is that when you do get a little money, I see it because my reply was, I was like, yeah, because financially uneducated people will spend every penny that they get their hands on every time they get it. I think about it. I was in a position one time to where, where for a while, where, <clears throat> you know, you're living check to check. So majority the largest percentage the lion's share of my income is going towards paying bills and taking care of my daughter so you'll hit those weeks where 
you have a few dollars extra over. And instead of you thinking to yourself or me thinking to myself, I should take this, I should save this. What do you think? Yeah, I got some extra money. I'm going to treat myself because I deserve this. Because you're lacking. And when you're lacking, you want to make up for what you feel like you're lacking and the things that you don't have. You want to acquire them. So you'll end up spending money on partying and shoes and clothes and you know you go out and you get a you'll go out and buy a car with the interest rate this dumb high because you don't know no better they're not teaching you this stuff in school and majority of the time uh most people that are coming up in these these areas these disenfranchised areas their parents aren't necessarily equipped to give them good financial education either like my mom when my mom told me about my credit and having good credit, all the the information that I was given was that I should have good credit because it's important. I didn't really understand how to get good credit. I didn't understand what good credit was, what bad credit was, none of that. And it came to my realization when I went to purchase my first, the first vehicle that I bought on my own. It was a brand new, it was a brand new Chevy Cobalt. What year was it? 2006 or... I think it was like 2006 Chevy Cobalt, 2007, something like that. But I bought it brand new, had 21 miles on it. When I went in, filled out the paperwork, and the guy was like, well, there's a problem. And this was a company that was owned by the uh, the, the guy that my mom was working for. So they sent us there. And it was supposed to be pretty much a guaranteed thing that I get a car. And he told me that when I went to the lot, he was like, you can have any car out here. These are the cars that are the payments would be in the price range that you wanted. These some that are just a little bit more. And then, but you can look at anything out here, but the payment is going to change. So once we did the paperwork, he was like, well, we got a problem. It's like, uh, you need a cosigner. So I was like, uh, okay, well, why? My credit's not bad. And he was like, no. That's not the problem. Your credit's not bad. It's just the fact that you don't have enough. It's like you've never made a purchase this big before. You know, everything that you've done was like cell phone, a cell phone, a plan of magazines or, you know, credit cards, little simple stuff. You've never bought, you know, this car is going to run me like, what was it, 18000 so I had to get a cosigner. I didn't know that going into it. Nobody thought about it going into that. So just didn't have that understanding of, of, of credit and how that worked or finances and, and, and how they work, period, and the importance of having, you know, your saving and your and all that type of stuff. And I'd always felt like that I couldn't do it. I couldn't save any money because I didn't have any money to save. And when I unlearned that and relearned <laughs> a better way of being of thinking financially i realized that yeah i do actually have money that i can save it's just that when i have it i spend it i'll go say hey you know what i got this extra hundred bucks me and my daughter gonna go to the movies we're gonna hit up stevie b's we're gonna do this we're gonna do that because we deserve it but i could have put you know 50 of that away and did something else with the, did something for us with the other 50. It wasn't until I changed my frame of thinking that I was able to start, you know, accumulating a little bit of cash and having a little money to have leeway to do different things like that. So, yeah, but back to 
back to the to the subject at hand. Yeah, I can see now that how the 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 ghettos would be pushing for the economy because in the ghetto we spend majority of our income like they the they say the black dollar alone only circulates around the community like one time before it leaves the community we're spending up all the money and we're not even spending it in our on things that are businesses or things that are going to stay in our community and like i say this is across the board it's not a racial thing it's not a black or white or hispanic thing this is a poor people thing a lot of times we have that we just have that thought process that and we've been down for so long that you know when we do get a leg up we run out we hand that money over to somebody else because we just we don't know no better we don't know no better we we we're, we're, we're lacking and we want not to be lacking so you know that's all i got to say about that man i hope it made sense i hope y'all enjoyed the show Thank y'all for tuning in to the DeVille DI. Thoughts by DeVille DI podcast. You can catch me here Monday through Friday, most days. Um, and then on Saturdays, I give you the Growing Up DeVille episodes. Yeah, the scheduling has been kind of off lately. It's summertime. Kids are home. It's hard to record. There's people walking around making sandwiches and ramen noodles and playing video games and Instagramming and all that type of stuff. So, <laughs> y'all bear with me if the shows get a little slow coming out. And plus, I'm just enjoying having the time uh, while my daughter's here till she goes back to California. So, thank you all for tuning in. And DeVille Diaz out of here, man. Peace.